worship leaders, you know, over the congregations, you know, we speak them out as blessings on the people that are listening. And uh, what I want to try and do is over the next whatever is look at some of these benedictions that we use out of the Bible and um, I guess give them a bit more substance for you so that next time you do hear someone give a benediction using one of these um, Bible verses or passages, then uh, it'll speak, um, speak deeper to you. Does that make sense? I know you guys are probably saying, yes, it does. I can't hear you. But, uh, but it basically means to utter a blessing. Um, you know, Son and I, we celebrated 20 years of marriage just last Friday. And, um, and, I, and I try and tell Sonia I love her as much as I possibly can. But telling her that I love her is, is not as important as showing her that I love her. You know, telling someone, God bless you, is not as important as showing someone that God blesses them. Or blessing someone by doing something for them in God's name. Right? So these benedictions, they're, 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 they're good things to say to people. But let's try and put some legs on it. Let's put some hands on it. Let's put some mouths on it, I guess. And um, put it into practice. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd like to turn, like you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 6. And Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 and 25, uh, or 26, is... Um, is the uh, it's what's called the ironic blessing, not the ironic blessing, but the ironic blessing, because it was a blessing that God commanded Aaron, the priest, uh, to uh, and his sons, the priests, to declare over the people of God. And um, uh, I want you to turn to Numbers um, chapter six if you got it already. That's great. I'm NIV tonight, so if you've got your iPads or phones or electronic Bibles and you just click NIV and we're speaking the same language. If you don't have NIV, that's fine. It's pretty much the same thing. Some of the words might be a little bit different because it's Hebrew and uh, Hebrew um, language is very pictorial. And so uh, it's, it's difficult to translate it into actual English words because there's a picture involved. So that's why I guess it'd be really helpful to listen to this message, hopefully. So Hebrews, uh, sorry, not Hebrews, Numbers chapter 6, and I'll start from verse 22, all right? Number 6, 22. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Great words, right? Great words. This was a blessing that God commanded Aaron, oh sorry, Moses, to tell Aaron and his sons to, to speak out over the people of Israel at, at the sacrifices, at the offerings. There would be three offerings made. Uh, if you'd like, keep your finger or keep a mark or something, if you can, in Numbers 6. We're going to keep coming back to it. But turn with me uh, over to Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus is a fantastic book. 
it can be somewhat boring, but um, you know the New Testament says that all of the laws and all of the all of the Old Testament teachings were were a shadow of things to come. Like they they pictured things to come. So, for example, the Passover lamb, when you know God commanded Moses and the Israelites to sacrifice a Passover lamb, um, that was a picture looking forward to something that was to come, which is Jesus Christ, the, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, right? So it was just a, a picture of what was to come. And so here in Leviticus chapter 9, did I say that? Chapter 9, verse 22. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 22, and what we, we come to the passage just after all the sacrifices were, um, were made. And in verse 22, it says, Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, there's the one, the burnt offering, that's the second one, and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Read it again. Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Job done. Offering, 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 blessing. That's the priest's job. Okay? So here we have in Numbers 6, go back there and uh, keep, the, keep your spot. And we're going to look at it verse by verse, I suppose. But um, it's the Aaronic blessing. And it's, it's a blessing that God commanded Moses to tell Aaron the priest and his sons, to, um, to declare. And you might be thinking, well, that's great for them. That's great for the priests. Because, um, to be honest, I don't know if you know this, but we don't have any priests anymore. Well, we do. In fact, if you follow Jesus, and you, you've received him as your Lord and Saviour, and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're a priest. You're actually a royal priest. Uh, in in Peter's, Peter's um, letter to the early church, he wrote in, uh, in uh, where is it, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, or verse 5. He says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So in Christ, we're a royal priesthood. And down in verse 9, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people. He's speaking to Christians. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood, not just a priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And, and even still, um, if you still don't think that we're priests, all of us, in Revelation chapter 1, uh, we see in the revelation of Jesus Christ, in verse 5, Revelation 1, 5 and 6, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, that's Jesus, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. He has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve. See, this is a, a blessing that was given to Moses to give to Aaron, the priest. But it's one for us as well, I think. And it's something that we can speak over the people 
in our lives as well. In fact, probably speak it over the person in the mirror sometimes as well. So let's look at it in detail. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Let's go from verse uh, so 22. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, this is the first thing, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. You see, blessing comes from the Lord. The Lord. You know, sometimes I send emails to people and, you know, you might do it too. Uh, and you put God bless at the bottom of it or blessings, you know, as a, like a shortened, trendy version of it. It's the Lord that brings blessing. Blessing comes from the Lord. And it's through the priest. In this context, the blessing comes from the Lord. And it's through the priest. And now the Lord here, you'll see in your Bibles, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. This is the word Yahweh. This is the, this is the self-existent God. This is the I am that I am God that spoke to Moses. When Moses when he asked Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, Moses is like, who shall I say is me? And, and God says, tell them I am that I am. I'm self-existent. I'm just it. I'm the one who was, who is, and who is to come. You know, the name Yahweh is so revered by Jewish people that they don't even, they don't even use it. They don't even mention it. And that, that sometimes they write the word God with a capital G and a space and a D because of reverence for God. They don't even want to get his name wrong. And this is the Lord. This is the Lord who spoke with just his breath and created billions and billions of stars and galaxies and planets. This is, a, this is a big guy. The Lord bless you. The Lord. Blessing comes from the Lord through the priest. Now, a priest is someone who represents God on behalf of the people and represents people on behalf of God. And, and these days we, we think that pastors are these people, and it's sad. I mean, Martin Luther, he, uh, he cottoned on to that earlier on. You know, we can all come to God. We don't need any priests anymore. Jesus Christ is a great high priest in the order of Melchizedek, the priest king. We can all come to God through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, we become a royal priesthood as well in him. And the Lord, it says, the Lord bless you. This word bless is Baroque, Baroque in Hebrew. And it, it's this image of kneeling of kneeling down. Uh, a, a, a more powerful person kneeling down to a inferior with a gift. That's the image there. Similar to the, uh, the, the wise men bringing gifts to Jesus. Although we all know that Jesus isn't inferior to the wise men. But there's the image there of a king stooping down to give a gift, to bless. You know, a blessing costs the king to stoop down to give something. It's a cost. There's a cost involved. To kneel to an inferior person with a gift, to bless. 
And the wonderful way we can see that nowadays in the New Testament is that exactly what God did by sending his one and only son. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he stooped down, he kneeled down and gave the biggest gift we could ever have, his son, Jesus Christ. Blessed. Be blessed. The Lord blesses. The Lord bless you. You know, when you say God bless you to someone, are you really thinking that? God bless? God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. This is another image. This is a this is a shepherding image. The word keep there is actually kind of it, it's the picture of a, a thorny, a thorny hedge, a bush, where, where shepherds could actually get these thorny bushes in the desert and make a hedge around their flock of this thorny stuff to protect them from from wild animals that might want to attack them, from wolves or dogs or whatever. And there's this image of protecting the keep. The word keep is a Hebrew word. It's, it's a picture of a, a thorny hedge. Protecting. And it's actually a word, it's shamar. Shamar comes from this root word shamar. And, and we actually get uh, the name Jehovah Shamar. I don't know if you've heard, heard that before, but it means the Lord is there. And in, at the end of Ezekiel's prophecy, um, talks about a city that will be coming where it's, it's called um, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. You know, he's present. So the Lord bless you and keep you. In other words, the Lord stoops down and gifts you and he protects you. All right, let's move on. Oh, actually, let's look at stooping. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that the Father stoops down to give his one and only Son. But if you look back in Genesis, when God was creating, he actually stooped down. He, he stooped down to the dust, in fact, and with his hands. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, uh, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. That was because God stooped down. God stooped down and formed the man from dust. This is image of like a potter grabbing the clay from the ground, the mud and the mire, and just making something beautiful out of it. And then he breathed life into it. That's God stooping down. Stooping down in Psalm 113. I hope you're taking notes because I'm just going to flick through a few, few verses um, in my Bible. But in, in Psalm 113, uh, it talks about a God who uh, his, his compassion for people is so great. Um, it says, uh, verse 4, let's go from verse 4 of Psalm 113. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens, right? Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? He's amazing. He's majestic, right? But then verse 6 says, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. See, he could see us from afar, but he wants to get involved with humanity. He actually wants to have a relationship with you and us, everyone. He wants to have a relationship. He's not some kind of bearded grandfather up there with bad eyesight and, and dodgy hearing that doesn't want to have a relationship with anyone. He's not an angry God. Well, he is towards sin, but towards his, 
towards his creation, towards humanity. He's a loving God in so, so much that he gave his one and only son and his anger and wrath was poured out on him on the cross because he loves us so much. He stoops down to look on the heavens and in the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. He settles the barren woman in her home as a happy mother of children. He's a God who gets down to our level, stoop down. That's Psalm 113. Uh, another one is, uh, uh, is Philippians 2, 5 and 8. It talks about the character of Christ. You know, um, Paul, when he writes to the Philippian church in Philippi, he, he senses there's this, there's this self-centeredness in the church. And he says, you've got to have the same character as Christ. You know, Christ being God, but he gave, he gave up that to become one of us. He, gave, he became a man. He emptied himself of his divine to become one of us. Still fully God. Amazing that he stoops down to our level. Luke chapter 6. Um, if you've got it, turn with me. Luke chapter 6. This is another example where... Um, He stoops down. Oh, it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 28, or 27, uh, Jesus is teaching and he says, But I tell you uh, who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. And he goes on and on and on until further down he says, then your reward will be great. He always says, but sorry, verse 35, but love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. He's a God who, who kneels down, who steps down to bless because of his kindness, his loving kindness. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Verse 25, number 6. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. His face is his personality, his identity, everything that he is. It's him, his entire self. And, and for his face to turn toward you would be a horrible thing. Moses uh, met with God once on a mountaintop. And, uh, and for Moses to see God's face would bring death to him because God is so holy, right? So perfect, absolutely perfect. And Moses is not. In fact, he was a murderer before God called him, which is another way God stooped down to grab someone and use them. But when, when Moses met with, with God on the mountaintop, he could only see his back. To see the face of God means that you're dead. But here, this is a blessing where it's the, the Lord make his face shine upon you. Shine upon you. 
It's, it's the Hebrew word or, and it means to be or make luminous. Light. Light. It's a good feeling. It's his entire personality shining upon you. May the Lord show you himself and be gracious to you in verse 25. Now, this is an amazing picture of the Son, Jesus Christ. You know, in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says, uh, in the past, God spoke through the prophets in many various ways, but these days he's, he's spoken to us through his Son. He's revealed himself through his, through his Son. Uh, let me get it for you. Hebrews 1 verse 3. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. The Son is the exact representation of the Father. God, Yahweh. He's, 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 the, he's the light, the face, the, the self of God revealed to us. It's awesome that Jesus personified verse 25 of Numbers chapter 6. That God, his face shone upon us and continues to do so. In John chapter 1, John's gospel is a, is a beautiful um, gospel that reveals that Jesus Christ is God. And he opens up he opens up his account with in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You know, speaking of Jesus, obviously. And then a little bit later on in verse nine of chapter one of John, it says, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. The true light. That's Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He's the light, the awe of God, the light. And down further in verse 14, there's so much to go through, but I won't go through it. In verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We have seen His glory, the exact representation of God in the person, in the face of Jesus Christ. His face shine upon you, says, says, uh, says God to Moses. And be gracious to you. To have the face of God shine upon you and be gracious to you is only, only possible through Jesus Christ. Any other way to see the face of God will mean certain death. But in Christ Jesus, we have grace. We have grace because God's wrath was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And he died for our sin, our imperfections, that we're still living in, that we're still committing, that we're still doing. But he died for it. The, the price has been paid. And so now God can actually see us, look at us, and we can, look to, we can have this fellowship with God. You know, I was saying before about how it's the Aaronic blessing and, and Aaron, the priest, would give this blessing after the offering. You know, the offerings, all of those Old Testament offerings were there to bring fellowship with God, to restore that broken relationship from the Garden of Eden. 
through those sacrifices. Now, ultimately, in Christ Jesus, we have perfect communion, communion with God, perfect fellowship with God in Christ Jesus. That's the graciousness. And that word graciousness, to be gracious to you, actually means to bend and stoop down in kindness. It's a place, it actually is a place of rescue. It's a, a Hebrew word, it comes from a, a root word that means something like a camp. You know, when, when there's distress, when you don't know where to turn, it's always good to go to a camp. You find rescue and rest. And that's what we find in Jesus. He's like, we camp in Jesus. We find that rest. We find all that we need as a place of refuge. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And in verse 26, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord turn his face toward you. So the face of God, right? We looked at that before. It's the, the exact, it's, it's the self. It's the entire personality and identity and self of God revealed, right? And so we see that in the person of Jesus Christ. Now here, he says that the blessing is the Lord, the Lord turn his face toward you, toward you, toward you, not away from you. See, if God was to turn his face away from you, it would bring despair. That's a picture in the Psalms where, where they say a lot, the Lord's face is turned away from you. It means they feel alone. They're in despair. There's, 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 they're at the point of death. They're in depression. There's anxiety. There's a whole lot of stuff going on that's like fear because God's face is turned away from them. It's not that. And it's not against. It's not that the Lord's face is turned against them. That would mean death. If God's face was turned against somebody, it would mean death. This is God's face turning toward somebody. That means you have his attention in a love, mercy, life, salvation kind of way. God is able to turn his face toward you because of the sacrifice that was made by Jesus Christ. Now, in the context of Aaron, it was because of the, the burnt offering. But in this context, it's because of Jesus Christ. In our day and age, we, we can look at what Jesus Christ has done. And now, now God's face can actually turn towards us. Now, this actually goes, I think, even further in that it says that the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Give you peace. In other words, you get God's peace. You get God's peace. It's a symbol of peace in the, in the world. Uh, you know, look at looking at uh, Noah's Ark and and this, the dove. It's a symbol of peace, and and the Spirit of God descending on Jesus Christ like a dove is a symbol of peace. And and God, Romans five, I think it is, talks about how God has poured out His love in our hearts by His Holy Spirit. We have this peace with God that passes all understanding, because He has given us His peace. Because of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So you see this, this progression that the Father stoops down and gives his Son. The Father is always trying to stoop down and relate.
to humans. Then the son comes and, and stoops down and, and offers himself as a living, as a sacrifice for our sin. Then pours out the Holy Spirit upon the believer that we might have God's face turning towards us and always for us, who can be against us, and have that peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. This peace, this word peace, you might know it, it's shalom. It's shalom. And peace in English just doesn't give it justice. It's, it's just wellness, total wellness, completeness. It's, it's freedom. It's God working so hard that we can have rest and freedom and peace and happiness and all is well. It is well with my soul, regardless of what goes on around me. I can have peace that passes all understanding, guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. So may the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them, says God. You know, it's not just a blessing for you and for me. It's a blessing for everyone. It's a blessing that we need to be speaking out over everyone, over our family, sure, over ourselves, great, over our church, sure. But we need to be speaking blessing over our neighborhood because this blessing that God gave to the Israelite priests was almost prophetic in itself. And they would do this every time they would offer these sacrifices, they would do this blessing every time. And so it's a picture of what was to come because God is a God who... Uh, fulfills prophecy and so here it is i guess it's a blessing but it's a prophecy you know and our words carry power our words can carry the power of death or life and so if we speak blessing over our neighborhoods over our communities over our world over ourselves then they will that that blessing will produce fruit and who knows maybe your neighborhood people in your neighborhood will become aware because of that blessing that you're praying over them, that the Father gave his one and only Son who died in our place and offers the Holy Spirit that we might have perfect peace. We're going to have lots of fun in the weeks to come looking at some of the other uh, benedictions, but I really do hope and pray that that helped, helped you, was an encouragement to you. And uh, I think it's just awesome that... Um, you know, thousands of years ago, there were priests declaring this over a sacrifice that was a picture, a shadow of things to come. The reality is found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish, though, with just this one verse, and it's at the end of Luke's Gospel. You might not have noticed it before, but um, if you just turn to the end of Luke's Gospel, and I don't know, we've probably gone over, sorry. We're going to have a Zoom party afterwards. At the end of Luke's Gospel... Jesus, Jesus blesses his disciples. And similar to that Leviticus 9.22 passage, the, the priest would actually put, put the hands up similar like this 
and pray a blessing over the people. And this was a symbol of a Hebrew word, all right? But they would, they would lift their hands up over the people and, and deliver this blessing over, over the God's people. And, and at the end of uh, Luke's gospel, the ascension of Jesus Christ, in uh, Luke chapter uh, <clears throat> 24... Verse 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, Jesus lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And the rest of the story is that God gave them the Holy Spirit. And they turn the world upside down. But what a blessing to have Jesus Christ bless you with that blessing. A priestly blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face, uh, shine, turn his face and shine towards you uh, and be gracious to you. May the Lord uh, turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful blessing that you've given us through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the promise of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you stooped down because you wanted a relationship with us. You gave everything. And you're still working on our behalf. Jesus, you're still praying for us, interceding on our behalf. And so, Lord, we just thank you so much for that. Thank you that you bless us. Thank you that we're filled with blessing. But, Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to overflow with blessing to our neighbourhoods and the people around us. We pray this in Jesus' name.